This is episode 152 of the Relate podcast on the Gen Z perspective, rethinking social media for teens with Emma Lemke. We are spending more and more time in the online world, looking through our screens and increasingly disconnected with those around us. But studies have proven that it's real life meaningful relationships that bring us the most joy and happiness. It's all about human connection and conversing with people from a variety of backgrounds. Worlds change when eyes meet. So let's sit down and relate. I am your host, Patrick McAndrew, and welcome to yet another episode of the Relate Podcast. As always, thank you so much for joining me today, where we are talking about discussions and how we can improve our relationships in the age of technology. This is a very important topic for today and the day and age in which we are living in. And today we have a very special guest joining us. Her name is Emma Lemke. And Emma is a resident of Birmingham, Alabama, a current high school senior and co-founder and CEO of the Log Off Movement. Log Off is a youth movement dedicated to rethinking and talking about social media by teens for teens. The movement is composed of a wide array of mediums, including their website, podcast, blog, developing character education curriculum, well-being initiatives, and their teen leadership groups. It really is amazing how much work Emma has done, and she is still in school. And in this episode, we talk about a wide variety of different things when it comes to teens using social media and technology. We talk about the quantification of value in comments and likes, why teens feel the need to create an online persona, we talk about the bias against those not on social media, how FOMO is a mirage, and how mental health must be taken seriously when it comes to teens' interactions on social media. We talk about rethinking social media for teens, and we also discuss why bonding over shared interest is such a powerful way for humans to disengage with technology and engage with one another in person. If you like this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts. Let us know your thoughts by leaving us a review. Also, if you have the Anchor app, you could feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. We would love to hear your thoughts. I think that you are going to get a lot out of this episode with Emma, so I would love to hear what you think. So without further ado, let me please introduce today's guest of Relate, Emma Lemke. Today, our guest is Emma Lemke. Emma, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have you on the show because you are doing some incredible work. I mean, especially at your age, too. Despite all of the conversations that I've had with various people on the Relate podcast, I haven't actually had the opportunity to interview a teenager about about these topics. And I think that your perspective is perhaps the most important when it comes to how people in general, but especially teenagers, are interacting with social media, technology, how it's influencing the way in which we behave and relate to one another as well. So I'm very excited to have you specifically on the show today. 
Thank you so much. And thank you for wanting to incorporate youth voices in this space. It's obviously incredibly important because my generation is the one that has lived with this for the longest, especially it's been so integrated in our childhood. So we'll be the ones to fix it later on. And it's very assuring to know people want to add youth voices into the space. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm wondering if you could just start off by sharing with our listeners why this is a topic that became really important to you. Yeah, of course. So about about four years ago, it was the summer of my ninth grade year, I was really um, struggling with coming up with an idea for this leadership incubator at my school. And you just, the, the call to action is come up with a project that will impact your community. Very ambiguous, but you know, I tried to jump in and, and find a project that I was passionate about to pursue for the rest of my high school career. Uh, little did I know at that time, I was really hitting my breaking point with social media. I had been on these apps since about seventh grade. I got Instagram, followed by Twitter, followed by Snapchat. And all of those apps had been working in tandem to really affect my mental health, specifically leaving me with increased feelings of anxiety, depression, self-loathing. And every time I entered on these apps, I left feeling terrible. And for a while, my screen time was five hours. And you might think, why is she still on there for five hours if she feels absolutely terrible after? And I think that just shows I went on social media because of the myth of hyperconnectivity. I thought that if I went on, I would find people. I would see my friends. I would know what's happening. I didn't want FOMO. And I just thought, you know, this is part of my generation. I have to join it. But eventually wow. in that, I, I know in that summer um, of ninth grade, everything just broke when I was coming up with that, that leadership idea. And I remember one day distinctly just hearing the buzz on my phone, having that Pelovian grab to just go for it and to, to check the notification. And all it took for me was one second to just say, what am I doing? I, I pride myself on having so much control in my life. And yet there's this app and there's, there are all of these things on my phone that just have complete control over me. So, so in general, I, I had that breaking point and instantly dove into research because that's just, that's my personality for the people that know me. So I looked up, you know, social media, bad question mark. And why am I so addicted to my phone? And instantly a flood of research came at me. And I, I was just shocked. I was shocked because I thought, oh my goodness, there are millions and millions and millions of teens on these apps, yet they don't know that by going on these, you are accepting these really corrosive algorithms that could cause you some really scary mental health kind of repercussions. So for me, I found that and I did all of this research. And the one thing I could not find, though, was a space for teens to come together to just discuss it. Because the thing is, I understand it's like a genie in a bottle. You can't put it back in. Social media is going to be in, in my generation. We're going to have to learn to live with, with it. But I think the, the beautiful thing to wanting to create the log off space is initially all it was was just, I want to have this conversation about the multifaceted nature of social media. I want to get with teens and we need to discuss, okay, we wanted to turn this relationship with social media from a parasitic one into a mutualistic one. How can we do this? What tools can we start to like push to people in our generation? 
And how can we spread this concept of digital consciousness where people are aware of the algorithms and they're aware of the time they're spending on social media and they're much more present when they are on there and they know when to stop. So that power therefore is reverted back to them. So that was kind of the reason I got very into it, that, that breaking point with my own mental health. And then months of research just catalyzed this, this deep, this deep desire to create that space. And then, you know, COVID happened and it provided the perfect opportunity to launch a project like this. Yeah, it's really amazing just how much, I mean, just going on, on your website, just how many teens are involved in mm -hmm. this movement. And I think it really is an important conversation. I love, I love what you said, too, about creating a space specifically for teens to talk about these issues, because obviously there's a lot of research out there. And I feel like over the past couple of years, now there's a variety of different resources that, that teens and, and families could take advantage of. But I love how you really buckled down and, and created a space specifically for people around your own age. And for, for someone like myself, I, I feel like I, I just missed the, the cutoff with regards to this influx of technology and social media in in teens' lives. I'm a millennial and I feel like I, I just I just missed the you know the really that influx of that. So I'm wondering I, obviously I've I've done some research in this, but I'd love to hear like a firsthand account from yourself as a teen. What would you say nowadays that teens interaction is like overall with social media? With the understanding that of course everybody has their own individual relationship with social media. But if you were to talk about it as a whole. Mm -hmm, of course. And there are definitely common threads. I, I consider myself just a, a lover of stories, a collector of stories. I want to go into like museum curation. So my, my whole experience in log off has really been to curate and collect a lot of different teen experiences and figure out how can we take those shared experiences, find those common threads and create solutions to resolve those. So a lot of the common threads would be something as simple as just really grappling with and having this internal conflict with the quantification on social media. So just the quantification of value with likes and comments. I, there are stories and stories of teens I know who have deleted posts because they didn't get a lot of likes. They have removed comments because they don't want to be able to compare how many gorgeous messages they got from it with another photo. And there are a lot of instances like that where people are really, really struggling within my generation with remaining on these apps in a conducive way where, you know, we, we want to go on these apps to grow. We want to meet people. We, we want to have this online persona in a healthy way, but it can be extremely difficult when quantification like that is put into the picture because that's instantly a form of just, it's a form of, uh, it's a quantity that you can instantly compare with other people. You can see how many likes they have in relation to yours. So that's one piece of the puzzle. I think another in my generation is just the lack of understanding and not in a bad way, but just a lack of understanding about the algorithm and the apps in place. Because I think when I went on and a lot of people who come to me say the same thing, like, why am I endlessly scrolling? Why does it feel like I'm tethered to these apps? Like, I enjoyed, I get a meme from my sister. And, and that's what I say to people. Like, I don't leave because my sister is um, in college and I get memes from her. So there are good things about social media. But in general, a lot of people just go on there and they're like, okay, I have these good experiences, but I have a lot of negative experiences and it's lopsided. 
And I think that that is really rooted in the fact that that digital consciousness is vacant. Because if you go into social media, you're not going to hear or see a post that's like the algorithm in place is like a slot machine. It's meant to keep <laughs> right. you scrolling. It's meant to want you to obsess over that quantity. So I think the fact that that knowledge of just the basic, you know, mechanisms of social media that are in place and are not meant to create a warm, safe environment for teens and kids. I think the fact that that digital consciousness isn't in a lot of its users is the scary part. So that was one of the main calls, calls to action for log off is just, okay, how do we, how do we spread conversations and how do we spread this movement where even if one person thinks for, for a millisecond, okay, maybe I should think about like this scroll. Maybe this isn't created as the best environment for me. That ball, that ball gets rolling very quickly. Um, and, and honestly, once you get that consciousness and once you begin to start thinking about it, again, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. So it's, th those are the moments and that's the consciousness that we want to spread just that, that second of rethinking and of considering the social app as something removed from just, you know, a place that we spend hours on. Um, but those are the two main concerns that I've picked up on. And of course, you know, there, there are isolated cases, but I also really empathize with those two. Right. Would you say that a lot of teens feel like they need to put a lot of work into social media, that social media takes up a lot of their time because they feel like they always need to be posting or always need to be commenting or liking, or as you were saying, making sure that kind of in a lot of ways doing like inventory on their social media and like making sure what com seeing how many comments are going and and likes and perhaps deleting those like would you say that a lot of teens feel like they need to put a lot of work into social media oh of course and you know i think that the concept of online persona curation is so prevalent in my generation because i can give you about 50 experiences with just my close friend group where when when someone wants to make a post everyone is in a group chat and the question is what is my caption what do i put for this because people are so consumed with how do i perfectly create this little snapshot of my life that of course i feel like everyone subconsciously knows this is not my life a lot of the pictures people post are edited they are just the highlight reel when you're on vacation when you're when you look the best, the best angle, every single kind of feature like that is really thought about in my generation. And, and I feel, I feel terrible because, you know, I've done this too, but it's, it's just this truth that a lot of people in my generation have to accept that we are obsessed with the highlight reel. We are obsessed with exactly doing what you said, doing inventory checking to make sure, you know, is my best friend on a vacation right now? Do I need to comment on a post? Oh my goodness, today is like Tyler's birthday. Do I need to make a birthday shout out for him? Doing stuff like that it is extremely draining. But that those are just things that a lot of people that I've met do. Personally, again, my story, I used to do that a ton. Going through, checking my comments, checking how many I have, checking from those people, how many likes they have on their photos. And it, and it can be a huge, you know, spider web effect where if you want to start looking at one piece of your online persona, there are so many other ones that come from that. So, you know, it's, it's almost this never ending conquest to just perfectly create an online persona that again is draining and can really leave teens feeling like, wow, I've 
finally created this perfect me, my life is so little compared to this. And, and that can, that in and of itself can lead to a lot of negative emotions and can really affect a teen's mental health. What is it about the, the need to, to do all of these things, to uh, always curate this online persona? What do you feel it is about this that, that uh, compels teens to feel like that they have, this is something that they have to do? Like, why do you believe that that pressure exists? Is it because everything seems to happen online for teenagers? Or, or I guess, what, what is, do you feel is that reason behind it? That's a really good question. And something I've wrestled with for about a year since I got in the space, just answering how did this even start? And I think that in the beginning, when you you watch early interviews with Zuckerberg or some of the major big tech, you know, CEOs who who founded and created these these major social apps, I think it's because the draw is initially for that connection. It's thinking if you go on these apps, you know, you're creating this online persona of yourself, yes, but also you're connecting with so many different people. Imagine having the entire world at just a possible follow request, you know, like you can, you can contact anyone. So I think that mentality and that really cool, almost like mystical ability to connect with millions of people around the world that drew a lot of people in that, that idea of connectivity. And I think for my generation, we got swept up in Instagram and in Snapchat and in Twitter and now in TikTok because it, it can be such a beautiful tool for expression. I have laughed for days over things I've seen on Instagram. Um, I've also cried for hours over things I've seen on Instagram. So I think people get drawn to those apps, one, because of that connectivity, two, again, because of that expressive tool possibility stored within these apps. But then once people started funneling to those apps for that, then automatically a bunch of teens, I think, just assumed, okay, I have to be on there too. And now now it's created this this kind of culture where if you walk into a room and you don't have Instagram or any form of social media, no one is going to say it, but there's that innate bias. There's that, hmm, why don't they have, hmm, that's kind of weird. And and there is that sense of otherness when you don't have a, like a form of social media because so many people have it because of that, that false, you know, notion of connectivity. And because at this point, so many people funnel to the app for those things, you'll get FOMO if you're not on them, or at least you feel like you will. When I first deleted my my Instagram and Twitter and, and all of my accounts right after I had that realization in ninth grade, I thought FOMO was going to eat me alive. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not going to know what all of my friends are posting and doing. And ironically, I was never more connected with them. I never felt more in the loop. I was constantly hanging out with them, constantly texting them and, and doing things that are, were a little more on, on the spot and a little more connective. So I think it's very interesting that that FOMO is incredibly powerful, but yet if people take a step back, it's not really there. It's just this mirage that social media puts out that draws and sucks people back in. That's so powerful. I, I, I love how you put that, that FOMO is this mirage of sorts. I would absolutely agree with you on that. And yeah, yeah, what's, what's interesting is that, uh, and, and you talking about this bias against people who aren't on social media or perhaps don't have a large following on social media, 
like that 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 I imagine has to be really tough and in some ways because social media is such a huge part of all of our lives now part of me wonders and is kind of hopeful that but I, this probably won't happen yeah. that like it would be cool if if someday that be not being on social media because it's unique and different will almost be seen as this cool alternative mm -hmm. because uh, th these people have the opportunity to connect in, in deeper ways, kind of like what you were talking about. Uh, giving up social media has given you the opportunity to, you know, you're still involved in the lives of your friends. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, it, it probably allows you that opportunity to connect deeper on some level. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I hope for that time too, honestly. I think. I have some of the best conversations in the world with people who aren't on, on social media or, you know, a lot of the log off uh, members who don't have social media or, you know, have it, but they only have like 10 or, or like a, a, a small little following. Instantly that bias is like, oh, there's something wrong there. There's, they're a little weird or like, why, why don't they have social media? It's that kind of desire to know because everyone has it. Why would you not have it? And there's also a sort, a sort of sig stigma that I've seen in my community of like, oh, maybe you're a little socially awkward in, in a sense, but I can guarantee a lot of the people who I've met on and through log off and through just like the digital wellness community that don't have these apps are the most extroverted people that I've met. So I, I really hope for that day. Um, and I, I really, I really look, look forward to it. And I hope that log off can help with that in a sense of just pushing forward the narrative of people cannot be on social media, not because they don't want to be connected with others, not because they don't want to have an online persona and be able to connect um, and see funny, like expressive memes or pictures or videos, but people can just make that decision for their own mental health and also to, to spend time elsewhere. Like that can be a decision. And I think after COVID, honestly, that's, I think for a brief second in time, that might not be all unattainable because a lot of people during COVID are just fatigued. Everyone I know wants to get off Instagram and Snapchat. They, my, my, one of my closest friends who is on all of these apps more than anyone I know came up to me finally and was like, COVID has finally shown me I miss seeing people. I miss face-to-face -face interaction. I want to throw away my phone. So I think that COVID is really going to catalyze this when everything goes back to normal or to a certain degree of normalcy. It will catalyze this push for people to put down the phones, even if they're not deleting accounts, to put a pause on them. So I think that might be the closest we'll get to the the moment of like, oh, that's a cool art alternative to not have it. I think that's the closest we'll get in the next, you know, 20 years or so. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that we will see some sort of uh, influx of human connection or people wanting to connect in 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 person much more so than we might have seen a, a year or two ago. I'd absolutely agree with that. And you know, given everything that 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 we've been discussing, that there are obviously a lot of complexities and intricacies when it comes to how teens interact with social media, with technology, and then therefore with each other as well. In, in your opinion, what would you say, it, or what would you believe is the, the biggest problem when it comes to teens and technology? That's, that's a wonderful question, a very, exactly what you said, very complicated one. 
in in my personal experience, there there are two. There's like the macro and the micro level for me. So on the micro level, with the user. Um, and like just a phone in their hand, I I say that mental health piece is so huge. Just going back and looking at stats and looking at studies, when social media became really prevalent and very popular, we saw huge spikes in suicide rates, depression, anxiety. And these are emotions that as like my generation is already having to deal with a lot. We're dealing with COVID. We're dealing with being that first generation again to be on social media. So that, that is a piece to the puzzle in our lives that I don't think a lot of us need. And it's very scary to see teens going on these apps and these apps have the power to do so much damage to our mental health if used incorrectly and if used in an unhealthy way where they have the power and where the algorithm is controlling its users. Right. So I think that mental health piece is incredibly important because if we can begin to see teens accepting that they need to take a step back, accepting that tech addiction is real, then I, I think those those spikes will begin to flatten out. And I think the, the huge increases in anxiety, depression, FOMO, um, just like all of these really negative emotions that can really tear away at a, a user's mental health, I think we'll begin to see those dissipate if people can begin to become more digitally conscious and begin to also just accept taking a step back. And, and being more aware of what triggers them on these apps. And I think on a macro level, regulation is so huge. I think a lot of kids, especially in my generation and in and, and grades that are much younger than me, are going on these apps even earlier than I did. I got them in seventh grade. I know someone who got it in fifth grade now. Wow. So I think I know. So And as a fifth grader, fifth graders can be so naive and not stupid, but like, you're not thinking about the intricacies of an algorithm. You're not pondering your existence as just this this blob in an endless sea of users. Like you're not having those thoughts. So as a fifth grader, I think that regulation has to go um, and get put into place that halts big tech and that halts these apps from manipulating a, a kid user. So I think stopping auto scroll, things like that, um, that seem trivial would really assist in protecting a generation of kids after me and my generation from having such a pronounced tech addiction. Yeah, you, you make some really valid points. With I, I love how you broke that into the, the micro and the macro level because I, I think in a lot of ways, yes, our relationship with technology is our personal responsibility in a lot of sense, but at the same time, there are these things that are working against us and working against our psychology and, and, and how we interact with technology that it's, it's built to be addictive. And so then going on the ma macro level to address that with regards to regulation, I think it's also a, a really important point. And, and as, as I see it, that regulation paired with with uh, a movements like what you're doing with log off, I think could be really beneficial for for society at large. I know we've we've talked about log off a little bit throughout our, our conversation, but I'm wondering if you could just elaborate a little bit more on what you're doing with this movement. The, it, I just going through your website, it's amazing how many members are involved and 
members from all over the world as well, teens from all over the world. So I'm wondering if you could just share with our listeners, what is this movement about and what's the, the mission for it? Yeah, so Log Off in just a nutshell is a movement dedicated to rethinking social media by teens for teens. And our mission is extremely broad, but we we remain really rooted in it. I, this is a mission I came up with in ninth grade, and it's stuck, it's stuck till now. And it just says, you know, we are dedicated to furthering the dialogue about the multifaceted nature of social media and promoting the healthier usage of it. And that's really been at the core and the nucleus of the movement for the past seven or so months as it's been in existence. So we started off as just me and a few of my friends from Birmingham, Alabama, in a outdoor open space in the middle of COVID planning all of this or being on Zoom. And I, I spent hours and hours creating the website just to have a basis to grow because I knew that the important thing for Log Off and to, to keep the movement alive was to get a diversity of thought, a diversity of perspective, and as many teens or youth advocates as possible to help us create initiatives that will attack specific passions of those members. So, you know, we we launched and we had our blog, we had a few posts from, from just our own articles on there. We had a call to action for a team leadership council to come together and monthly writers. And we just had a lot of stats on our page and the idea for a character ed. We launched and I, I thought, okay, if we get to Mississippi, I'm going to be so lucky. And the first application was from Texas. The second was from the Philippines. Wow. So it was a huge eye-opening just experience and super cathartic moment for me where I thought, okay, wow, this is an issue that is not confined by geographic bounds. This is a societal issue that many teens want to address. So from that that moment on, I, I braced for impact and I just said, okay, I'm ready. Let's get a bunch of teens together. We need to create initiatives and we need to start using our voices and incorporating those teen perspectives in the digital digital wellness space. And we need to start spreading this digital consciousness. So about seven or eight months out, incredibly lucky. We have almost 10,000 views on our website from over 100 countries. We've got our, our teen like leadership body, including our monthly writers that we have almost 16 advocates and our youth advocates from over 16 countries, and we're getting applications every day. We have created our well-being initiative. We have a PR team, outreach team, event planning team. We are starting and developing a female empowerment initiative and an LGBTQ plus initiative. We have our monthly writers that create beautiful, stunning pieces about just the digital world and, and tech addiction. We are creating an ambassador program for members to come into log off and just be part of the community, a character ed we're developing, website design, a podcast team, and video production team. So we have <laughs> all of amazing. these different pieces. <laughs> all of these pieces that have just come together. And it's it's purely because when we started log off, we we created it as as this space to empower and cultivate teen voices and to tell teens, you know, you might be young, you might not have all the experience in the world, but it is worth telling your story because storytelling in our generation is going to be so powerful. So teens would come to us and say, I want to start this well-being initiative. I want to do this. I want to work on PR. And Logoff really allowed for them to have the space to gain that, that empowerment and to become empowered to use their own voice and to work really hard 
Um, and they felt comfortable telling me that they wanted to start these little pockets of log off. And it's been beautiful to watch it grow and to watch it expand and gain this really rich diversity of thought that, you know, as, some, as a teen from Birmingham, Alabama, I, I had no other way of gaining. So now I have friends from, from India, Singapore, um, the UK, France, all around the globe. And it just really drives home. I'm a, a Disney fanatic. The song, you know, it's a small world. Like it, it truly <laughs> is a small world. Everyone is interconnected. And the issue of tech addiction in my generation is, is widespread everywhere. And there are so many, so many similar threads weaved through these narratives, even though they're, they're thousands of miles away. Yeah, it's it really is incredible how much you've accomplished really in, in such a short time. And, and on top of that, to be able to ju be juggling this while you're still in school, I think is is an amazing feat and an amazing accomplishment. You really are doing incredible work in this space. And I'm very excited to see the log off movement, it, to see it growing and, and to see it developing and, and establishing itself really as as a leader for teens in this uh, overall digital wellness movement. And, you know, from that, talking about this movement and, and through your various interactions with many, many, many teens, I'm wondering if you could share with us what you have found in, in your experience are the most effective ways that teens can actually interact with one another face-to-face. Uh, -face. Are there certain events or, or perhaps ac activities that you have found that really engage teens, allow them to put their phones to the side and, and really like engage with one another without even thinking about what's happening on social media? Have there been any any sort of those scenarios that you have found have been really effective, whether it's sports or extracurricular activities or or even just things that you might have experienced with through log off? That's that's a wonderful question. And it's it is one that has been extremely difficult to explore because of COVID. But it also, you know, as someone who I pride myself on, you know, creatively thinking and a lot of people in the log off community love that that challenge of let's come up with a solution, even though the situation is not perfect. You know, it's it's been very fun to brainstorm ways to do just what you proposed, you know, finding mediums for expression, finding times in the day where we can connect with people in a more, um, in a more humane way and in a more kind of connecting way. And I think a lot of the things that I found are anchored to hobbies and extracurriculars. And again, although in, in this COVID world, a lot of us can't have those sleepovers. So initially I'd say, you know, stack up the phones at a sleepover and like watch a movie or do something like that with your friends when you can be there in the moment in the moment. But again, with COVID that's evaporated for the time being, and there are just so many ways to connect with people via, I just started embroidering. Um, and now I'm on a ton of different, you know, embroidery communities online where I can connect with people, get advice. There are sports games outside, watching that with friends, having those moments to bond over shared interests. I think that, that the power in bonding over something that two people like or a community enjoys is very powerful and can combat that compulsive need to you know, stay on social media. So in, in our COVID world, I think another option that people are not all that prone to, and a lot of people have Zoom fatigue, but when I want to see my friends, I'll hop on Zoom or FaceTime with them. And I think even that conscious effort to say, no, 
I'm going to log off of Instagram. I'm going to stop texting. And I'm going to talk to my friends in the only way I can right now, face-to-face or Zoom-to-Zoom. So those moments and those conscious little decisions and pushes in friend groups to say, hey, no, 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 guys, let's do this. Let's become, um, let's be more connected to one another through a shared interest or through deciding to shift over to like FaceTime or Zoom. Those can be really, really helpful things to connect with people in a more meaningful way during our pandemic. Yeah, I, I, I love how you put that. And I love how you discussed about talking how to bond over shared interests as well. I think that that point of connection really helps people be more engaged with each other, be more engaged in the conversations that you're having. And all, all of that said with the caveat that, yes, we are going through a pandemic right now. And, and I'm wondering, too, if you don't mind sharing what that experience has been like for you as a teen who's still in school, like you're, you're in your senior year right now, right? So I, I imagine that must be difficult. And and, and I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like too, it, it must give an interesting backdrop to what you're doing with, with the log off movement as well. So obviously everyone has been been struggling with, with this pandemic, but I feel like with, with students in, in school, especially, and especially your senior year as well, like you, you have like, uh, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm so sorry uh, with, with just mm-hmm. like everything that has happened. And so I'm wondering if you could just share your experience with our listeners. What what has that been like to to be a teen still in school throughout this pandemic? And then and then also like how how that that relates to the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it has been extremely difficult and I I make comments to my friends all the time and we we joke about it because you know laughter <laughs> dissolves sadness, but you know we we make comments about we're just all really sad right now. We're all struggling um, mentally because being online constantly all day in like a, a seven hour school day, I, I'm lucky enough to be in a situation where my school does hybrid learning, but a lot of kids opt to do online learning. So you're just sitting in front of a screen for hours and hours. And it's, it's very interesting to watch and, and, a lot of my friends echo the same experience where attention, um, ability to retain information has just plummeted, especially during a, you know, a senior year when you're supposed to be bonding with people and getting into college together and just having those moments of excitement in person, not really having that can, it can be extremely difficult. um, And it can be very, challenging to just you know sit in front of the screen every single day and try to remain interested and try to remain as engaged as possible on a virtual in a virtual environment that you've been in for like a year now or that I've been in for a year now but the flip side of that coin I I am very very lucky to have been a part of log off because during COVID I've never had a dull moment a lot of my friends have said you know their sadness and what they are struggling with the most is having this open space where activities were supposed to fill or when they were supposed to see friends and wanting to get on a Zoom, but people being unable to get on Zoom or or being busy. But for me, log off has kept me incredibly tied up and busy in things that I'm super interested and passionate about. 
So I have the pleasure of hopping on Zoom calls and talking with teens Zoom to Zoom every single day. I speak with people from around the globe every single day. I have these amazing experiences and conversations with companies and people like yourself every single day. So my COVID, yes, has been filled with a lot of loss with a lot of other teens of of grappling with losing a senior year, grappling with virtual learning, grappling with just staying at home and getting used to that feeling of kind of confinement. But also on the other side of that coin, I, I am just so lucky to constantly be engaged in a project that connects me with hundreds of people. So I've in a weird way never felt more connected with the world around me and the community around me, even though a lot of the people that I love the most in my in my inner community, I can't see face to face. So it's been a very, very interesting, you know, experience for me. And I've been lucky in that regard to have log off during it. But for most teens, it, it's been difficult specifically because of tech fatigue. But hopefully that fatigue will translate, you know, into a brief period of time where my generation is logging off and they're spending time together when we can. Yeah. It really is incredible what you've taken with this this hand that, that you've been dealt and to really use that space to start having conversations around technology, especially as, as you were just saying that so many people are experiencing tech fatigue. It, it really is, you know, taking lemons and making lemonade out of it. And, you know, for, for myself personally, I'm just very inspired by, by what you're doing and, and the work that you've done. So, you know, I, I cannot thank you enough for, for taking the time to join me on the Relate podcast today and for not only taking the time, but as I mentioned, with, with the work that you're doing, it's, it's so incredible and I, I think very important to have an actual teenager who is talking about the issues that are affecting her and her, her generation and to be really a pioneer for her fellow teenagers when it comes to talking about social media and, and the ways in which we communicate and, and relate to one another through social media and technology. So, so thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for all you do to uplift voices in the, the tech industry. And thank you for having me and sharing the log off movement and the story. And I really appreciate every kind word that you said about the movement. And I, I echo that too, and I hope that it will continue to grow and, and spread throughout my my generation. Yes, absolutely. Where can our listeners find out more information about you and all the great work that you're doing? So most of our work is on our website, logoffmovement.org. We also have a our own podcast, Log Off and Listen Up, that we're relaunching soon on Spotify and any streaming platform. And we have a Instagram and a Twitter in a healthy way just to post a lot of our um, events so people can find us at log off movement awesome great well i'll make sure to include the various links to those resources in our show notes so listeners tuning in all you have to do is scroll down in the show notes click those various links highly recommend checking out log off movement there's a wide variety of amazing resources on the platform uh, emma i have one last question for you before mm -hmm. we part ways today of course how can we as a society better relate to one another? Hmm. <laughs> what a packed question. <laughs> um, I think just through having these conversations, Patrick, I think taking the time 
and taking the second, taking time each day to just speak with people in conversations like this, whether it's about digital safety, whether it's about a shared interest, whether it's about politics. I think if people can just begin to have these conversations on a more, on a more frequent basis in a very productive way, then we'll begin to relate to one another and have a very warm community around us. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Relate. You can let me know your thoughts on this episode by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a review. Or if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. You can support this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.